All right. Okay. 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 How's everybody doing? Good. Wow. Man, that worship was really, really powerful. Really, really powerful. Let's give a hand for our praise team. We're so thankful that we have worship leaders who worship themselves. You know what I'm saying? Like they don't, they don't just put on a show so that we can worship. They worship themselves and they lead us into a place where they've already been. So thank you guys. We appreciate you. Man, come on. Um, as I'm kind of sitting here in worship, I really feel like the Lord wants to encourage some people in the crowd. Um, and this is kind of, I mean, we, we're in a series called Is There More? Uh, talking about the Holy Spirit and his gifts. And one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit is prophecy. And it's just the pr- prophecy in the New Testament is specifically for the edification of the church. And that's just the encouragement to encourage, to build up, and to tell people to keep going and keep pursuing Jesus. And as I'm worshiping, I feel like there are some people in here that the Lord has something that he wants to say um, to you guys. And so um, how this is going to kind of work is I'm just going to kind of scan the room. And whoever I feel like God is um, highlighting to me or pointing out to me, I'll call you up and you can stand up if that's you. And then I'll just deliver what the Lord, I feel like the Lord is saying over you. And then we'll all together pray for you after that. And then we'll kind of move on after. Is that cool? Is that cool that we do that? Perfect. Awesome. So uh, the first one here is the, the gentleman sitting next to the lady in the blue uh, right here. Yeah. Could you stand up? Um, what is your name? Could you shout it? John. Okay. John, as I'm kind of worshiping and even as I look at you, man, I, I saw like this picture of you um, even like doing like a bicep curl with your right arm and just like lifting it up like this. And I felt like the Lord is saying to you, the right arm in the Bible is a symbol of strength and it's a symbol of honor. And I feel like the Lord is saying to you that I am giving you strength in your right arm and that there's going to be an outpouring of honor and outpouring of favor on your life from this moment forward. And the Lord is saying that you, like your muscle grows when you do a bicep curl, so your honor will grow as you take a step to follow him and as you continually follow his voice. So if you, would you mind laying your hand on him um, as we just kind of pray over John here? And everyone, would you extend your hands with me? Jesus, I thank you, Father God, for John. I thank you, Jesus, that he is your son. Lord, you see him and you know him, God. Out of everybody, Jesus, in the crowd, you see him, Jesus. Lord, and you are clothing him, Jesus, with honor and with strength, God. Lord, you are strengthening him in his right arm, Jesus. And even if there is anything like physically wrong with your right arm, I just pray, I release healing over it right now in Jesus' name, that the healing virtue of Jesus would flow from the top of his head to the sole of his feet in Jesus' mighty name. And thank you, God, that favor surrounds John as with a shield and keeps him from all harm and danger. Jesus, we love you, God, and we praise you. There's nobody like you in the heavens or on the earth. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Awesome. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Uh, the second, second person is right here. Um, would you stand up for me? Yeah. Yep. Um, what, is your, what is your first name? Delaney. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. So Delaney, as I, I kind of look at you, the picture that I'm seeing is you and Jesus. The Lord, I see you and Jesus like running through a field together. And like there's a bunch of sunflowers. I don't know if sunflowers mean anything to you, but it's specifically sunflowers. And you're like running through the field. And I feel like the Lord is saying, I'm restoring to you 
the joy of what it, what it means to walk in relationship with me. And I feel like maybe you've been serving him for a while and it can feel kind of like, sometimes it can feel like you can feel bogged down by, man, I missed it there, or I didn't do this, or this person said that, that kind of hurt. And we can kind of lose our perspective in this. And I feel like Jesus is calling you back to that field and he's asking you, like, literally, will you, will you run, like, skip, you know, like, frolic with me through the field? Because that's the joy that I want to restore to you again. Remember, like, it's, the, it's relationship with me, Delaney. Like, that's what the Lord is saying. It's, the, it's relationship with me. And I love you. And I'm proud of you. And I know there's been tough things that have made you want to forget your joy. But hold on to the joy. Because I'm the one who's with you. Does that, do you feel like that resonates at all? Come on. Awesome. So could you extend your hands to Delaney here? And let's just pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you, Father God, for your spirit, Jesus, that is all over Delaney, God, covering her from the top of her head to the sole of her feet, Jesus. Lord, that every single fruit of the spirit, Jesus, would be manifest in her life. The love, the joy, the peace, the patience, the kindness, the goodness, the faithfulness, the gentleness, God, and the self-control. Thank you, Jesus, that you are restoring to her the joy of her salvation, Jesus. Thank you, God. Lord, you love Delaney so much, Jesus. She's your prized possession, the apple of your eye. Lord, and you, Jesus, are so pleased with her, God. So pleased, Jesus. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Awesome, awesome. Cool. All right. So, like I said, my name's Jared, Jared Blockham. Um, yeah, let's just, let's just pray a minute real quick. Just thank, thank the Lord for, man, highlighting uh, John and Delaney tonight and um, just for what he's going to do for the rest of the night here. Jesus, we love you, God. We honor you above all things, Jesus. You are above all, God. You are above all. There is nobody higher than you. There's nobody who comes before you, Jesus. You are worthy of all the honor, all the glory, all the praise forever and ever, Jesus forever and ever. Lord, what an honor and a privilege it is to serve you, to run with you, to walk with you step, in, step by step. Oh, Jesus, open our eyes to see you and our ears to hear you, Jesus. We have to know you better, God. We have to know you better. We need to know you, Jesus. Lord, we love you. We honor you, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Dad, can you hand me a water bottle real quick? Um, thanks. Wow. It's that chemistry, father-son chemistry. Yeah. Great, great, great. So yeah, like I said, my name's Jared Blaukamp, and um, man, I have like, I just love, I love being here, and I love talking talking here and being with you guys. This is my fourth time preaching on a Wednesday night, and I have like, I just loved every single one of these guys. And I love all of you guys who come to this Wednesday night. This Wednesday night group is something special. It is. And I feel like the Lord is like preparing all of us for something great on these Wednesday nights. We've been like pushing at the cusp of this, is there more? And we've been talking about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And we've been talking about the supernatural. And I just feel like, man, could this be like the group that really starts to see it play out in our everyday life? Could this be? Could this be? I think the answer is yes. And it's been such an honor and a privilege just to take part and 
do just a small part in what the Lord is doing through this Wednesday night service. And this tonight actually is my last Wednesday night for a while. I'm going to be um, I'm heading on a 10-week mission trip over the summer with a ministry called the Every Heart Movement. And um, we'll be traveling to eight different cities across the United States. And we're going to be partnering with eight local churches. We go all the way, my team specifically goes all the way from Boston to L.A. And we, we, we're in a 15-passenger van, and we just hit different cities along the way from uh, the east to the west coast. And so we get to partner with local churches in doing street evangelism and preaching the gospel and just really seeing what God is doing across the nation. And so I am really excited. I leave this Saturday for my trip. And so I will, this is my last Wednesday night here, but I'm super honored to be here. And I really believe that God is going to do something special tonight. So this is exciting. This is exciting. And so we've been, the series that, we've, that we're in, Pastor, Pastor Bernie's been doing a great job with, and some others have been coming in and helped too, is there, is there more? And we've been talking specifically about the Holy Spirit and his gifts and how those can be applied to in our everyday life. And the gifts and the presence of the Holy Spirit, they have a number of purposes in our, in our life as believers. They have, but a few of them are mentioned specifically in 1 Corinthians 14 and Acts 1.8. There are a lot of more, re, more purposes that I'm not going to mention tonight, but I'm going to mention these two kind of found in 1 Corinthians 14. 1 Corinthians 14 outlines that the gifts of the Spirit and the presence of the Holy Spirit is given for the edification of the church. And that's kind of what we saw here tonight. Like we are a group of believers. Most of us are a group of believers and there's certain people that the Lord just wanted to build up and encourage and edify. But then also in Acts 8, we see another purpose of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And in Acts 1, 8, um, it says that the presence of the Holy Spirit in your life is to empower you to be a witness. And Jesus specifically says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So the gifts, of the gifts and presence of the Holy Spirit is to help us be a witness. And that's what we would call today as, an evangel as, as evangelism. And taking what we know about God and bringing it outside of these walls. Now, the question that I want to ask is, what is a witness? You know, if we go inside a courtroom, we know what a witness is, right? You know, the judge might call somebody up who, to uh, testify, right? They have to call someone up and testify. And they put their hand on the Bible. And what do they say? They say, I swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. So help me God. And then they go up, sit next to the judge, and they're asked a series of questions, but they're only required to say what they've seen and what they've heard. And we know what a witness is in that court setting, and we're comfortable with that. And I think that the Lord might be calling us to be those type of witnesses today. Ones who will say in our hearts, I will tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. And I will testify to what I have seen and what I've heard. And so there's two, there's two parts to being a, a carrier, of, two parts to being a witness. It's telling what you've seen and what you've heard. That sounds a lot like your testimony, right? 
What, is, what has God done in your life? What, how has God specifically impacted you? Because people can't take that away. They can argue facts about when was the earth created? Uh, when did Jesus die? Was he raised? All of that. But if you say to them, I had an encounter with Jesus and he completely healed my body. They, they have nothing on you. They can't, they can't refute that because it's your experience. So that's one. It's tell them what you've seen and what you've heard, but then also to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. So help you God. And that's, that truth is what we call the gospel. Everyone say it with me, the gospel. Now the gospel is just good news. That's all it means. The word gospel just means good news. Now God's desire on the earth is for everyone, everyone on the entire earth to be saved. It says in 1 Peter 3, 9, it says that God desires that none should perish. None should perish. Zero. But everyone come to repentance. But God needs co-workers in order to fulfill that purpose, that desire that he has in his heart. He needs co-laborers. And we kind of see that in Matthew 9. In Matthew 9, after Jesus heals a blind man and a mute man, like he performs two amazing miracles. He heals a blind man and a mute man. Two like unprecedented miracles. And after those two encounters, he looks and he sees a multitude of people. And he says, he says they're beaten and they're, they're scattered. They look like sheep without a shepherd. And he says his heart is moved with compassion. And this, this is what he instructs his disciples to do after that in Matthew 9, verse 37 through 38. He says, the harvest is truly plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out the labors, labors into his harvest. And I can't help but feel what Jesus was feeling in that moment. He, he just saw two amazing miracles at his own hands, but then he looks up and he sees a multitude of people who are lost, a multitude who need healing, a multitude who need breakthrough in their lives. And he's only one man. He can't reach all of them. And he says, the harvest is truly plentiful. But the labors are few. Pray the Lord of the harvest. I imagine Jesus getting on his knees and just crying out. You know when he would withdraw to the mountain to spend a whole night with God? I imagine him just on the, on the maybe laying his hands on a rock and just asking Jesus, Jesus like asking the Lord, Lord, would you please raise up people to help? Because I love, I love this world. And they need to be saved. But they're scattered and helpless. And they're like sheep without a shepherd. Would you raise up laborers? Would you raise up laborers? Because the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. And Jesus today is asking us, will we be a laborer? He's asking, will you join with me? Will you come and work with me in being a laborer? Will you labor with me in being a witness to tell the whole truth, nothing but the truth, and to tell what you've seen and what you've heard? Will you join with me in being a laborer? 
Paul also carried this burden for lost souls like Jesus did. In Romans 10, verse 13 through 15, Paul says, For whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on him whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they're sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. There's a, there's a plethora of people. There's a multitude of people. And how will they know unless somebody goes? How will they know unless I go? How will my coworkers know unless I go? Unless I live a life faithfully to Jesus and then don't back down. Because I believe, I was feeling this in worship, and I believe that we are on the cusp of something really, really huge as far as a move of God in our state and in our country. We're on the cusp. And you know, you know when, you f- when I'm in this situation and I know like, man, I feel like the Lord's calling me to share the gospel with that person. I feel like the Lord's calling me to pray for that person. I feel this kind of nervousness. And to be honest, maybe of even a little fear kind of enters into my heart. But I, I, I would be willing to say that that fear doesn't come from me. Fear doesn't come from God, that's for sure. Fear comes from the enemy. And I think that the enemy is actually projecting his fear onto me. Because he's afraid of what I would do if I would step out and actually go for it and pray for that person or share the gospel and I think we are on the cusp, and I think the enemy is trying every single method he can to keep us silent. I think he's trying everything he possibly can to keep us quiet, to keep us without, sitting on our hands, because he knows that something big is coming, and he's trying, he's, trying to, he's trying to stop it. But guess what? We have the authority, like we've been talking about, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in me, dwells in you and quickens our mortal bodies. He who lives in me and he who lives in you is greater than he who lives in the world. He's greater than the enemy. And we, if we will open up and we'll take that step and we'll take that step and share, share the good news, share the gospel, we'll pray for that person. I think we will see a move of God's spark in this city and in this nation. But it starts with every single one of us saying, okay, Lord, I see the multitude. Lord, give me a heart for the multitude like you had. Give me that burden and let that burden drive me to speak up. Let, let it drive me to break the silence. Let it drive me to put, to put myself in an uncomfortable situation because there's more coming and there's more to it. There's more, there is more, there is more. Now, so we're, we become a laborer by being a witness. We become a laborer. We join in this mission of Jesus by being a witness, by telling the whole truth, nothing but the truth, and by giving our testimony. But today, the truth, there is an attack on the truth today. There is an attack. And I think we are in a similar situation today as the Galatian church was when Paul wrote the letter to the Galatians. You see, 
Paul had gone there and he had preached the whole truth, nothing but the truth. He had preached the good news about Jesus, that there is salvation in no, no one else and nothing else but his name. But people, people had gone up and risen up and started to preach another gospel. They started to preach that, yeah, Jesus saves, but you have to do X, Y, Z, then you're really saved. And Paul was writing, and some of the believers that had come to know Jesus through Paul's ministry, they were starting to believe this. And Paul, he rose up in his letter. And this, I, I could sense a little bit of frustration in him. And this is, this is in Galatians 1, verse 6 through 7. He writes to the Galatians, he says, I marvel that you are turning away so soon from him who called you in the grace of Christ to a different gospel, which is not another gospel, like as if there's another gospel. There is no other gospel. But there are some who trouble you and want to pervert the gospel of Christ. And I think we are in that similar situation today. I think we're in that situation. There's an attack on the truth. And it, it might not be, okay, you have to do X, Y, Z, then you're saved. But I think what it looks like today is, hey, you can't say Jesus is the only way to heaven. That's, that's, mm, that's not tolerant. You got to be tolerant of every, always lead, lead to heaven. That's not right. That's not right. Jesus is the way, the truth, the life. No one, zilch, nada, comes to heaven, comes to the Father, except through Jesus. That's it. That's it. And then there's an attack on that we can't confront sin anymore because my truth is my truth, right? There's no higher authority, but that's not right because God's word is the truth. All scripture is God-breathed and it's useful for teaching, correction, and training in righteousness so that the man of God may be approved for every good work. The scripture is the ultimate authority. And we can confront sin. There are sins. And that sin does separate us from God. And there's no way that we can be made right. And so these are some of the ways I think that the, the gospel is being attacked and the truth is being attacked in our generation. And so what's the solution? The solution is to share the truth anyway. The solution is to share the truth anyway. And to stand by the truth and to hold to the truth, to hold to the truth, to hold to the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ, and not to settle for anything less. Because the gospel, without our help, is the power of God unto salvation for all who believe. First for the Jew, then for the Gentile. We don't need to add anything to the gospel. We don't need to take anything away to make it more palatable. The gospel is the gospel, and the gospel carries power for salvation to everyone who believes. And if we will commit to sharing that whole gospel, that whole truth, I think we will start to see the power of the gospel display in our lives. And so, with the rest of my time here today, I just, I, I really want, I just want to give the gospel. I just want to share with us the gospel if, if nothing else, just to refresh us, to hear the whole truth, and, and maybe just to pull some snippets of the importance and how it might look when we go into our workplace, when we go into the grocery store, when we go in our day-to-day, -day, how it might look to share little bits of the gospel and to share the whole gospel with somebody in an everyday kind of place. 
And so the good news of Jesus Christ and the fullness of that gospel can be simplified into four, four points. God's creation, our sin, God's love, and our response. So everyone say God's creation, our sin, God's love, our response. So there's a God's move, our move. God's move, our move. And these four pillars of the gospel, we're just going to touch on each one of these and kind of explain them the rest of the way. And then after that, we will also give an opportunity, if there's anybody in this room who's maybe never heard this before, to come to know Jesus and put their faith and trust in him. So God's creation, we need to start off the good news of Jesus with God's original plan. What did God have in mind at first? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was formless without, formless and void, and darkness was over the surface of the deep, and God spoke, and let there be light, and there was light. God created us for relationship with him. That's, that's the key point of God's creation. He created us for relationship with him. It says in Genesis 1, verse 26, it says that we were made in God's image. And it says later in Genesis that Adam and Eve would walk with God in the cool of the day. That's what, that's what God created us for, to walk with him, to talk with him, to hear from him, and to work with him. God gave Adam dominion over the, over the Garden of Eden to take care of it. He was co-laboring with God even from the beginning. That was God's original design. But God created us for relationship. And there's no relationship exists. No loving relationship exists without choice. And so God, God put a choice in the Garden of Eden. He said, you can eat. He said in Genesis 2, verse 16 and 17, he said, the Lord God commanded the man saying, of every tree in the garden, you may freely eat. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. God, God gave them a choice. And as we know, Adam and Eve, they decided to choose their own way. They were deceived into choosing their own way over God's way. The fruit looked pleasing to the eye and it was desirable to make one wise. So Eve took it, gave it to Adam, Adam ate it. And that's, that's I think what all sin can be boiled down to is I, I think I should go my way rather than God's way. And our sin today, transitioning into our second point, our sin our sin today might not look like eating the wrong fruit, you know, eating, the wrong, <laughs> eating off the wrong tree. But I think it, we can definitely resonate with choosing our own way over God's way. You know, and it doesn't sound like, it doesn't sound like, oh, I should eat that to make me wise. It sounds like, God, I know, I know you say in your word not to gossip, but man, it just feels so good. I got I to gotta participate. I, I, gotta, I gotta go with my car, coworkers. I gotta say this about my coworker. You know, and it, or it says, God, I know, like, I know lust and porn and all of, all of that is just, it's not of you, but I'm a guy, and that's just what guys do. 
We choose our own way over God's way. And we lie and we cheat and we steal. And that's, that's our sin. And our sin, just like, just like it did for Adam and Eve, he's, it says when we partake in that sin, we also partake in death. The Lord said, for in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. And so also today, when we partake in sin, there's a payment of death, a wage of death that is earned. In Romans 6, verse 23, it says, the wages of sin is death. That's the payment for our sin. That's the, the sin that we partake in incurs a penalty of death. It's like, it's like we go, say we go shopping. I don't know where, I, I'm a college student, you know, and saving money, I go to Aldi. That's my shopping place, right? That's my shopping place. So I go to Aldi. You say great, great deals at Aldi, great deals. And so I'm shopping at Aldi and I pick up all these things, you know, lots of cans of beans, rice, if I'm lucky, sweet potatoes, and I put all of this in my cart. And what if I just said, skip the cash register, and I just went right out the door? What would happen? You'd hear this huge alarm, right? And everyone would look at you like you're the worst person alive, you know? And you're like, I'm sorry, I just probably forgot to pay for something, you know? But you walk out and that, that siren goes off. Why? Because there was a payment that had to be made for the things that you grabbed off the shelf. And today, in, in our lives, it's like we are all, the planet Earth is like a giant Aldi. It's like a giant Aldi. We all go throughout and we all partake in this life and we grab certain things off the shelf. And while we're in the store, we have no trouble we don't even necessarily know that we have to pay for all of this stuff, maybe. But there's going to come a day when we have to leave this store. There's going to come a day when we have to leave this earth, and there's a siren that's going to go off saying, hey, there's a payment that needs to be made for that sin in your life, those things that you grabbed off the shelf. There's a payment that needs to be made. Now, Jesus, this is where the, the good news comes in. This is where God's love came in, comes in. It says in Romans 5 verse 8, it says that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He died for us. Now remember, what was, the, what was the wage of sin? The wage of sin was death. So what did Jesus do? He died. He paid that penalty of sin. So now it's like we have our shopping cart and all of a sudden we walk through the door, the sirens go off and we look back and then Jesus steps in. If we've made Jesus the Lord of our life, it's like Jesus steps in and he says, hey, don't worry, I'll cover his bill. He's free to go. But if you're not submitted to Jesus, if you're not submitted to his lordship, that siren goes off and you're going to have to pay for your own sin. You're going to have to pay for what you've grabbed in the store. And the place where you pay for sin is called hell. And it's eternal separation from God. Eternal separation from hell, or separation from God. Eternal torment. Hell is not a place where bad people go. Hell is a place where people pay for their own sin. But Jesus said literally, he literally said, over my dead body will you pay for your own sin. The problem is people step right over his body and say, 
I don't need you, and go. Jesus, that's not his heart. Jesus says in John 3, he says, I don't, I don't desire, I did not come into the world to condemn the world. I didn't come to condemn them to hell. That's not what I did. That's not why I came. I came to the earth so that everyone would be saved. I came to this earth so that everyone would be saved. And God, in his love, steps down from earth and dies a sinner's death. He pays the payment of death for our sin. But just because Jesus paid that price doesn't necessarily mean that you're forgiven. There's a fourth step. We've gone gone over God's creation. We've gone over our sin. We've gone over God's love. And now we get to our response. Just because Jesus paid that payment, we have to accept it in order for it to do anything in our lives. We have to accept. The Bible says in Romans 10 verse 9, it says, Confess Jesus as Lord in your life. Believe in your heart that God raised from the dead and you will be saved. There's a part that we have to play in responding to this great news of the gospel, that we don't have to pay for our own sin in hell, that we can walk in relationship with God just like he created us to be at the beginning, where we can talk with God, we can walk with God, we can work with God in peace and joy and in humility and be freed from all of the the grips of sin, of depression and anxiety. We can walk in all of that, but it takes a yes from me. It takes an agreement from me. And maybe tonight, you're hearing this good news, this gospel, the whole truth and nothing but the truth. You're hearing all of it. And maybe it's hitting you different tonight. Maybe you've heard it a thousand times, but tonight it's hitting you different. And you can feel it in your heart. Maybe you're watching online or maybe you're sitting here and you say, man, I've never heard something like that before. I mean, I knew about Jesus my whole life, but I've never really made him the Lord of my life. I've never said, Jesus, I submit to you and I accept your payment for all of my groceries. I accept your payment for all of my sin. And I want to give that opportunity to you guys tonight. I want to give you the opportunity for us to respond to Jesus, to partake of that life that he's given us. So with everyone heads bowed, eyes closed, and if you're watching online, you can join with us. But if that's you and you're saying, today, I want to make Jesus the Lord of my life. I'm going to do exactly what Romans 10, 9 says. Confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in my heart that God raised him from the dead and I want to be saved. If that's you, on the count of three, would you raise your hand? And if you're watching online, type in the chat, say, I want, I want relationship with Jesus. Say yes in the chat. One, two, three. That's you. Raise your hand or type yes in the chat. Say, Jesus, I want to give you my life. I'm done running and I I want to pursue you all the rest of my days. Awesome. Awesome. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. All right, would everyone repeat after me and pray? We're just gonna do exactly what Romans 10, 9 says. Confess Jesus as Lord and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead. So repeat after me this prayer. Say, Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross 
for me. Jesus, I'm a sinner. And I don't know what to do about my sin. I can't pay for it. Would you come and pay for my sin? Would you be my savior? Would you be my master? Would you be my Lord? I wanna love you and serve you all my days. Holy Spirit, help me to walk this out right. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, 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 amen. Awesome, awesome. Praise God, praise God, praise God. Last thing here is we just heard the gospel. And my, my question for all of us today, including me, is will we wake up tomorrow and be a laborer? Will we wake up tomorrow and be a laborer? Because there's a multitude of people that Jesus has compassion for. Will we, will we commit to tell the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth? and tell what we've seen and heard and be a witness. And then if you uh, responded yes online, you can text yes to 94,000 as well. We wanna walk walk with you. We wanna help you in your next steps. And um, last thing here too is I'm gonna be up here and me and my dad will be up here. And um, we really feel like God wants to do something uh, miraculous even here tonight. So if you are in need of a miracle in this room or even online, Um, just let us know or come up front and we would love to pray with you. The Bible says that that signs and wonders follow and confirm the word as it is preached. And we just heard the word. We just heard the whole truth. We just heard the gospel. And so the power, the anointing for signs and wonders to be present is here in the room right now. So if you need a miracle in your your body, in your life, or maybe for somebody else even, um, don't be afraid to come up with us. We'd love to pray with you. So thank you guys so much. Bless you guys. Love you guys.